just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you guys here today. We're going to talk about something, something that is frankly mocked a lot in our culture today, especially if you're in the cesspool end of social media, which seems to be the deep end these days. But it's the idea of thoughts and prayers. Uh, And every time there's some awful, you know, uh, tragedy or crime, I would say, people say our thoughts and prayers are with with the families, the victims. uh, And it there's kind of an attack on that. And I think it raises a question. Are thoughts and prayers worth anything? You know, are they just uh, a placebo? They make me feel good, but do nothing for anyone else. Well, we're going to talk about that today. In fact, there is a new book out that explores this very thing. It is called Even Silence is Praise, an interesting phrase. We'll find out where that comes from. And it is written by Rick, Lan- Rick Hamlin, who was a longtime editor at Guidepost magazine. Uh, contributor to lots of well-known publications. I think the New York Times accidentally published some of his things uh, and, and had some good content in their paper for, for a change. That's my commentary, not his, so I don't want to damage it. But we're going to talk about the idea of thoughts and prayers and meditation and, and what they do, if anything, and what we might need to know about it. So I invite you to be a part of the conversation if you're watching us uh, right now live. Chat is open on those chat-enabled channels. Uh, you're invited to be a part of the conversation. Carolyn, thanks for jumping in already. Uh, Rick, hey, man, welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Well, let's let's hit that title because um, I didn't know what this was about when I first looked at the title of the book. I went, even silence is praise. What, what does that mean? Where does that come from? It actually comes from the Psalms. It's in one of the Psalms. And boy, you're going to suddenly... Uh, 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 which psalm? Uh, I can, oh, you know, this is why we need, you know, Google search, which psalm? Exactly. I, I knew it's from one psalm. And it's, you know, it's one translation. But the, 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 the concept of stillness, be still and know that I am God, I mean, it's, it's rich there. And, and I think, you know, in a noisy world, boy, do we ever need silence with God. Hmm. You know, I get... Uh, from a Christian perspective, why uh, silence, you know, what prayer would do for me, um, some of the things, we'll get into more depth, but what, does it do anything for anyone else? Well, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was like changing here to change the world. And I, I, I could show you, I'm sitting here on my lumpy sofa. This is my devotional place. I sit here in the morning and and I close out, I check out to check in. Hmm. All right. uh, and I spend usually about half an hour doing this first thing in the morning pretty early. Uh, but I believe that this is the way we change things, not just for ourselves, but we change the world this way. We, we look for how to bring God's love into a world that desperately needs it. It's an interesting thing because if you do, if you are a Christian, uh, and even people who are not Christians, they believe that there is something more than the physical. Um, what do you see going on spiritually that could have an impact on someone else when I pray? 
the um well you know there's sometimes called the butterfly effect but you know when you're sitting here in prayer you know this is somebody's name will come to mind and and sure i offer it up and and then leave that there but then later in the day i'll give a call or send an email and then inevitably you you get this oh gosh you know it might be somebody i hadn't been speaking to or emailing for months if not years and you'll get this oh oh rick i was just thinking of you mm. you know was it my prayer that made them think of me was it their prayer that made me think of them so pain observation not only observing those kind of spiritual inklings we had but acting on them acting on them mm -hmm. i've i've actually experienced that where someone would, would come to mind over in fact there's someone right now that i keep thinking i need to call him um and yes the action is important but i mean is i don't know have you had that experience personally oh, more, than, more than once yeah. and and yeah but but what i think about it is is in this spiritual setting of my prayer life to to give that you know, I don't get up on the phone right away when that name comes to me. You know, I, I put it in mm. my spiritual life. I, I offer it up to God, you know, and as I look for God's peace. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit could be acting and and and, and it's it's important to respond. Mm -hmm. um, so part of being a, a believer is hearing and then acting on that hearing. So when you call that person, you reach out you find there's something that you needed to talk about, right? Mm. Yeah, may, maybe. I'll find out. Do you, ah. I, I do recommend um, that when that happens that, that you don't presume too much. I've literally had people reach out to me, text or phone call, and say, I was praying for you this morning, and God told me this, and I'm like, well, I don't know who you're talking to, <laughs> you know? Uh, how, I mean... How do you go about it when when that happens to you? Do you just take more a more gentle approach, to, or just kind of a? Because sometimes people get a little weird. That's a lovely way to put it, my friend. Yeah, you don't presume too much. Yeah, you don't presume. We hear the call, but we don't presume. The um, you know, you think of those you know disciples when they you know heard the call when they got the Holy Spirit, when, you know, there's Jesus, you can, you can see, I love in scriptures, you can see them constantly struggling to understand what's happening. Yeah, sure. Um, and they're filled with awe and fear. Mm. Uh, mm. But look what happened. I mean, this, this little faith that found, you know, started in a backwater of, 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 a, of a huge empire billions of people are following it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like you pointing out the, the, you know, the awe and the fear the fear and trembling in other translation. Uh, because I think maybe with prayer, we, we take it too lightly. We may be kind of dipping into something that is way bigger than we can even imagine. And isn't that lovely to have that chance? I mean, you know, we have Paul telling us to pray without ceasing and most of us go, oh, well, that's way too much for me. But uh, I find by starting my day with this time in prayer, I, I set the, the, the watch for that unceasing prayer of the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and even you know, if we don't know what it does beyond ourselves, there is there is certainly a a self uh, benefit, right? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. How long have you done? How long have you started your day in prayer? How many years? Um, well, gosh, it's over thirty or forty years now. Mm. I mean, it used to be in, before I was sitting on my lumpy couch. It was on my commute to work, and uh, I live here in way upper Manhattan. So it was taking the A train, like Duke Ellington, taking the A train <laughs> uh, in into the office, and I discovered, wow, this is a this is a place where. I don't have to read the paper. I don't have to converse with anybody. I can close my eyes and just check out to check in. And you'd think that a noisy atmosphere like that would be, you know, unsettling. But when you claim something as your place of prayer, it, you know, it will be all those external stimuli say, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here, God. I'm here, God. If I had to take public transit in New York City, I'd be praying for a different reason. But that's a total insider. Are you in New York now? Yeah, I am in New York. It's actually I've I've I pray on the subway when uh, all the time. <laughs> I, I, love I don't, it. you know, I don't worry about uh, safety. I know God is there. Um, well, and, and, no, okay. Now that brings up a very interesting point because and I think it was John Bevere that said, when you fear the Lord in a proper sense, all other fears go away. So you are, I mean, a lot of people outside New York city have the attitude that I kind of joked about, which is, well, I'd be a little afraid to, you know, to be on the subway in, in New York. Um, it's interesting that you say you pray there and you don't fear. What's the correlation you see between prayer and fear? Well, you know, there's so many fears that we have, and, and I think what we need to always do is, is uh, trust it, trust God. Uh, isn't it interesting, you know, we know from Scripture that the opposite of fear isn't courage. The opposite of fear is love. Mm. Love is what casts out fear. Mm. So to constantly to keep in touch with that love when I'm sitting there in prayer and my eyes are closed, one of the, my prayers is, okay, God, tell me to open my eyes if I need to offer my seat to some elderly lady with a cane. I mean, let let me be alert to it. Yeah, interesting. And, and I think that that is an important part of prayer and the unceasing prayer is that it does give us an awareness outside of ourselves to the needs of others. Um, obviously that's something you're talking about. Have you, have you experienced a lot of that where that prayer then turns into action on the behalf of other people? Well, if I, I think the prayer is meant to, you know, it's meant to change the world, but it's also meant to change us. Yeah, yeah. And it does in, 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 in that awareness of, of sorrow, tragedy needs, mm. you know, Go visit that person and you know, that friend in the hospital. You know, go go reach out. I, I when I can, I volunteer at our soup kitchen, our church soup kitchen, and oh, those are wonderful people. I love them with all my heart. Mm. Uh, they pray. Why can't I pray for them? <laughs> you know, that's a great point as well because um, we do a lot of overseas work. Uh, in fact, I'll be going to. Uh, East Africa and Burundi uh, a little bit later this summer. 
And it's interesting to see the faith of people who are down and out, who are living in poverty, who are facing, you know, horrible circumstances, death. Uh, Prayer transcends, I think, so many of our problems. It should be, I think, a unifying point for you to say, you know, you you know, obviously you've got a good job. You've got an office in, in Manhattan or wherever it's at. And you, you know, you're educated, but yet you go to a soup kitchen, you feel a kinship with people there because of prayer. How does that work? How does prayer unify us across every line that mankind would create to, between people? Because it is, you know, what we're doing when we pray is we're using what God gave us in the first place. Uh, you know, this is a gift that God gave us and to, to be able to, to use it to, to both communicate with God, but also to feel God's love. You know, we talked the title of the book, Even Silence is Praise. Silence, blah. Uh, but we have this phrase in English, we talk about a comfortable silence. What is a comfortable silence? It's between two people who trust each other yeah. so much they can be silent. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find in, in my relationship with, with God and in, in, in silent prayer. I, I can be in this comfortable place. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, my friend, I, I don't want to sound grand because I do this with all sorts of humility. Humility is a virtue and it means like, oh, I'm not hard. I'm hardly perfect. But that think about that phrase we also use the practice of prayer aren't we all practicing (laughs) is it is that the way that i i practice something i do poorly or is that like a doctor who practices medicine because he's an expert in it well you know i I, we joke you know uh, sometimes people brag about how how humble they are right but, uh, but the, you know, there's that wonderful um, parable that Jesus gives of the, of, the, of the Pharisee and the publican, and they're going up the steps of the, of the, of the temple, and, and the Pharisee is the one who says, oh, I thank God I'm not like other people. I, you know, he's filled with self-congratulation, where the publican is saying, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a, I'm a sinner. And Jesus points out the publicans, the one who's got it right. So whenever we feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not very good at this. I, I'm, I'm still struggling to do this. Wow. We should know that that's a rich spiritual place to mm, be. That's good. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Here's the book again. Even Silence is Praised by Rick Hamlin. Uh, and I think you get a little taste of the the depth uh, and a little mystery, I think, uh, in what we're talking about here. And I'm curious because it doesn't say even silence is prayer. It says praise. What, what's the relationship there? Isn't that wonderful? You know, when I was reading, you know, how, uh, how we're supposed to praise God in the Psalms, it comes up all the time, you know, and you think, wait, is, you know, is God so insecure that God needs our praise. Is that what we're supposed to do it? <laughs> ah, you realize God doesn't need it for God. God needs it for us. It, it establishes that right relationship. This is the power of the universe. Mm. This huge, overwhelming, impossible to imagine 
power we have. That's that's what's there. Yeah, that, that's that's very interesting. I, I I won't dwell on that. I, I want to ask you another question because I talked about prayer and meditation, and some of us Westerners, especially more conservative people like me who grew up in you know very conservative churches, meditation is a little, little bit of a scary word. Uh, we're like, ooh, is this a new age thing? Are they a little new agey over there? You know, what, what, when you look at meditation, what, what do you mean and what do you see in it? Well, I, if we shouldn't be scared of a word that appears in the Bible numerous times. <laughs> right. You know, meditate in your hearts. The, um, so, uh, um, you know, the, there are Eastern practices, but in this, this rich, Christian tradition, and this is what I've tried to remind us of, is that there is this rich Christian tradition. Um, the uh, there's a practice I, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Of, of this goes back, you know, centuries. I think it's 12th or 13th century. Um, something called uh, lectio divina, which is divine reading. And so, I, I love reading scripture, but lectio divina is a way of praying scripture. You take just a small phrase, and you use that, and you. Uh, there are four steps as as it was established. There are four steps. There's first you read, you pray, you meditate, and then you contemplate. And contemplation is perhaps a, even a bigger word, uh, you know, of 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 this spiritual practice. You 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 make some steps as you as you let that piece of scripture fill your heart and soul, and 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 they're meant to to connect you to God. Yeah, I I, I can't remember who it was. I talked to somebody about the idea of contemplative or contemplative, however it's said, prayer. Uh, and and there there I do think we've sold ourselves short a little bit. Uh, by maybe rejecting rejecting some things we don't understand or that have been, you know, perverted in other uh, settings, right, without God, made it about man, things like that. But there is all sorts of scriptural backing for this, this meditation, this contemplation, something more than just saying, you know, let's do a prayer, okay, amen, it's over, we're done with it. There, there just seems to be a lot deeper pool that we should be swimming in when it comes to prayer and meditation, even contemplation. What do you, how, how deep have you swam in these mysterious waters? Well, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, with humility, the, um, what I've found is over the years, it gets easier. You know, I, I, there's a um, there's a wonderful writer um, who's probably a monk. We don't know; it's anonymous. Uh, but an author in English, thirteenth um, century, wrote a book called "The Cloud of Unknowing," the cloud of unknowing, and this this probably it was a monk suggested using a single word as you sit there, God. Not even just a single word, a single syllable word, <laughs> God peace, love, hmm. also surprisingly sin. Oh, sin? Yeah. Just a single word to, to keep your mind focused, keep your mind focused on the divine. It's interesting we're dealing in, in an age 
um, where a lot of people experience trauma uh, and depression and anxiety and things like that. And I really think that what you're talking about is the remedy for a lot of that because, you know, trauma is reliving a past event over and over again, something that you can't change. It's in the past. And anxiety is worrying about something that hasn't happen or maybe I've got that worry would be but we we think about these future things about what could be and what you're suggesting is filling your mind and your heart um, like the scripture says think on these things Um, hmm. what 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 kind of difference do you think this is speculation what kind of difference do you think it would make if people who were dealing with anxiety and trauma and and worry and fear started doing this instead, because I don't think you can do both at the same time. I don't think I can dwell on the the past or the future in a negative sense and contemplate love and peace and God at the same time. What do you think it would do for people? Well, I, you know, I'm somebody who has suffered from depression. I've had struggled with anxiety Mm. and, and this is, this is part of what I do for myself, and it makes a huge, huge difference. Um, remember how you know Jesus said about worry, to consider the birds of the air, and the flowers of the field, and I think we think, oh well, you know, the birds of the air they they don't they don't work. I mean, you know, I have to worry because otherwise we confuse worry and work. Mm. Well, but think again on those birds. Okay, they flap their wings, but how do they fly? They, the updraft, they, they, they find the updraft and that lifts them up. Sure, they do the work of flapping their wings, but that updraft, and that is my way of understanding what Jesus was talking about. It's trusting the updraft of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to lift us to that, that place we need to be. So consider the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, it's, it's trusting all those things. The, the flowers bloom because of what comes from them in the sun. It turns them into the photosynthesis. We know about that. So those are the things we can use and trust. Yeah, yeah, uh, I like that. Boy, yeah, I like the pictures you're painting in my mind. They, it's encouraging, and I think it's something we can do. I need to ask you about one final thing, uh, no pun intended, because you do talk about death. Uh, what do you, what are you exploring in in that? Because that is a lot of it's where we pray more often when we lose someone or someone's you know on the death doorstep. Um, but there's got to be more to it than just God save us from death. Because last I checked, we, we none of us get out alive. What are you exploring? Yeah, that you know when I do sit here in in, in silence. Sometimes, you know, that that fear of death intercedes. And what am I going to do with that? Well, trust it. You know, we worship a Lord who died. He died in a horrendous death. But then he also showed us something else. Amazingly, talk about fear and awe, resurrection. Hmm. You know, more recently, we've celebrated the ascension. Wow. My favorite image of the Ascension is is a painting where the the disciples are all looking up, and all you could see are just the feet, the the, the you know the the feet of the Lord rising up. 
<laughs> Interesting. I, you know, I, I do think that this is something that we would benefit from practicing, even if we don't fully understand it. You know, um, you, you say we're, we're all amateurs, right? Um, but I don't know. What, what at the end of the day, the, I get, I'm assuming, and I just like to hear it in your words that your your hope with writing on this subject, with putting it out there, is just to kind of push people in more of that direction to to try it, uh, to experiment with it. Um, I don't know. What do you think people will get out of it if if they go with you through this exercise and start implementing prayer, meditation, maybe even contemplation? Well, they, they should know that they're not alone because I'm sitting there doing it and there's others out all around the world who are doing it. So mm. I feel like connecting with that, um, yeah, to address the anxiety, to address, to address the noise. I mean, you know, we've got these phones that we carry and they're screaming out of us all the time. We don't need to be controlled by them. Mm. We can be with God's help, you know, purveyors of, of something much bigger than that hmm. Hmm. noise 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 no hmm. silence silence there you go there maybe there's c- contemplate that word today silence that yeah. could be a good one yeah uh, all right rick this is very, very interesting i mean this is this is uh mysterious interesting deep kind of stuff um and uh i'm glad you brought it to the forefront and allow us to think a little bit more on it appreciate you Thanks, my friend. Uh, one of the things I do put in the book is I give different exercises you can try. Do you have to do all of them? No. I mean, I always think, you know, a book is successful if I've written about prayer. If you've, you know, you read a few pages, and then you put it down and you actually pray. Skip my book. <laughs> do the prayers. Mission accomplished. All right. You can follow more uh, with Rick at rickhamlin.com. Uh, the website looks like that right there. So, you know, you're in the right place. Um, there's some old photos. Are those old photos of you on your website? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are some old photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Authors are famous for using author photos that are really quite old. I, I have a little white hair. But, well, you know. yeah. Well, no, I meant black and white photos. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> anyway, you can, you can find out some fascinating things about Rick Hamlin at rickhamlin.com. But most of all, uh, Think about what we're talking about today and, and step in, wade in. I mean, you can't go wrong when you're connected to God uh, and Scripture, rooted in that way. I mean, don't don't let some other people get you off in weird land, but it's, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Um, pray, meditate, and uh, see what happens. I think God will meet you. Check out the book. looks just like this, Even Silence's Prayer. And I appreciate you guys being here. Judy, I hope you're feeling better today. Um, Hit share, hit like, follow, subscribe if you haven't done that. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.